0: Welcome to See the Change podcast, a space where we bring together community builders and change makers to hear the stories that inspire them to take action for social change. Thank you for joining us. Today's episode is hosted by myself, Tanya Ayala, and Emmanuel Lyons. We hope you enjoy today's conversation, and if you do, please subscribe and consider sharing it with a friend. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Medical Director at Sea Change Initiative, Peter Sarenczek, and we're talking more about the present-day medical field as well as reminiscing on his memories from Clyde River Nunavut. Let's dive in. Um, And I think Emmanuel had some questions about the present-day medical system.
1: Yeah, well, after... um... After what you just said, um, something that came to mind was we, in our last podcast episode, we spoke with a young Inuk woman. Her name is Isabel Chapado, and we had a long discussion about um, about Southerners, Southern Canadians, coming to Nunavut to work, and the importance of you know being self-reflective and understanding that when you go to the north. Um, you know there there there's people there. There's a whole other culture, um, and keeping that in mind and and understanding um, the importance of being part of that community. And um, I guess I, I, I'm wondering what you would say as somebody who's worked in Nunavut. What what would you say to to medical professionals maybe um young professionals who are looking to work in innovate what would you say if people are interested in working there um would you have any advice or um or just could you speak on that a bit um, about what you would um advise them if if they decide to go
2: um yeah so young medical professionals uh, i think that it's um um important that they they understand different cultures and and the best way to do that of course is by spending time in communities so when I went to medical school um we we had the chance to do what were called selective so that means spend a month or two um you know not in a big city where the medical school was but in in um in smaller communities. So some of these smaller communities were close to indigenous communities. So um, yeah, that would be my advice to, to really any, any um, medical student or nursing student would be to make sure you spend time during your training in smaller communities, especially indigenous ones. So you can get an idea of, um, of other cultures and how they, they approach things differently because it's, um, as I mentioned before, you know, solutions for Southern Canada don't translate uh, necessarily into solutions in, in Indigenous communities. Um, you know, um, when, when I went to medical school, this was, you know, almost 30 years ago, um, there, you know, some of it comes down to the the teachers as well. So most of my teachers were, were older, you know, white males. And um, I trust that that's changed over the years and, and you have a, a variety of teachers from a variety of different backgrounds. So that that's important as well, too. And um, hopefully medical school these days involves, um, you know, a lot more um, um, a telling of experience from, from, the side of the patient, uh, especially um, yeah, indigenous uh, people as well too. So you know, I'm not I'm not up to date on what's happening these days in medical schools, but that is my, my hope that things have changed over the last thirty years. So um, yeah, spending time in communities that um, are a little bit uh, different from your own, I think that's essential for any any healthcare professional who's who's younger and, and are still training.
1: Yeah, so I guess um, I'm wondering, from what you just said, maybe, do you feel that there was enough emphasis put on learning about working with Indigenous patients and communities when you went to school? Um,
2: so the quick answer would be no. So, I mean, there was were not enough um, mandatory sessions um, you know, but th- there were opportunities. You know, but but uh, a medical student had to had to look for them and and um, commit to again. You know, um, traveling away from from the big city and um, and spending time in these in these uh, rural and or indigenous communities. So so yeah, I hope that there's a more of a of a mandatory element now to to learning about some. Um, Working with with um, indigenous patients.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think things are progressing, things are changing, but uh, recently uh, we saw there was public outcry over the death of Joyce Cochran, an atikamek woman, um, and when she was given too much medication and was mocked. Before she died at a hospital in Quebec, and we've heard that um, you know change hopefully is is coming. Um, there's been protests. There's been so much discussion around this. If you could, um, if you could speak on how you think training could be maybe adapted or improved for future medical students um, who will be working with Indigenous patients. Um what what do you think that could look like? What would you suggest?
2: Mm. So yeah, thanks for mentioning that that particular case. So yeah, I, I heard the the audio there and that was quite shocking um to me. So um you know, um I would hope that um um in addition to that. That particular case being uh, properly addressed, I think. It, I think it's important to acknowledge that there is um, that there is systemic racism. Um, that's the first step, and and once it's acknowledged, it's you know um, it's important to to correct that in in a number of different ways. When it comes to healthcare professionals, it would be having people from communities um, affected communities giving them a voice within within um the medical training system so having people um come and speak to uh whether it's a nursing class or or a medical student class and um yeah allowing that to uh to take take place regularly so throughout medical school um and beyond so you know in in some clinics for example the community health center where i work we we um have people come in from the, the local um indigenous community and, and talk about how we might be able to um, to uh tailor um activities um that would be more in line with with their culture and and thinking so yeah it's it's um it's important to have sort of regular ongoing you know interaction and um yeah it was just really sad to hear that uh, that audio in this particular case so you know there should be some regular contact i i think um instead of um yeah these uh these situations that that um you know um, yeah it's, it's, to be honest it's quite hard to put into words because i've i've never encountered that in in my um when I worked uh, in in a number of different settings, so yeah it really was um, really was uh, tragic to hear that
0: yeah, absolutely. I think that we were all very shocked by that, and now that there is this more open discussion about systemic racism, you mentioned that acknowledging it is essentially the the place that we need to start and at what levels do you think that acknowledgement is important? Um, because in Quebec, we have our premier, Legault, who has denied systemic racism, especially in the medical field, uh, referring to these cases as the the nurses being bad apples as opposed to part of an an underlying issue in the system. Do you feel that... The acknowledgement from government and politicians is important, or do you feel that it would be more important to start that acknowledgement from within the medical community?
2: Well, I, I think at all different levels it's important. Oh, you know, I'm not—I don't live in in Quebec, so um, I won't comment specifically about the government um, there. But I, I think it is important to to acknowledge um, racism at, at a number of different levels. So that would be you know, at the provincial level, at the, um, at the community level, um, and, uh, you know, within a facility as well too. So I think that, that, um, people in charge of, of different health facilities should, should take a close look at, um, how things are being managed, you know, for, it's not just uh, indigenous people, but we have a lot of different, um, cultures in, in Canada and make sure that, um, that the activities being offered are, are culturally appropriate and, you know, adapted as necessary, but also on a personal level too. I mean, we all, we all grew up in, in different, um, in different experiences. I mean, people hopefully have been doing a lot of reflecting on their own as well too. And, um, you know, when they, when they do see, you know, a person who comes from a different background coming into, into the, um, The clinic or or that exam room you know do they have these stereotypes that they fall back on or or you know is is their mind open so I I think everybody including me should should you know have some reflection and um, and that'll help uh, moving forward to um, yeah to to address this problem you know together at, at the many different levels.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's certainly an excellent way to to frame it. That it's a responsibility of essentially all of us um, in the the medical field and and outside too, um, for for the general public to acknowledge those issues.
1: So, of course, you're the medical director of Sea Change Initiative, and we're talking about systemic racism. We're talking about um, how you feel that a bottom up approach is is essential in this kind of work in public health um and Sea change initiative their their phrase or our phrase is community first um and I'm wondering, as the medical director, what community first means to you
2: mm. yeah, so we. We um, try and develop our, our projects using a community first framework, so it's giving communities um, control, really. So, you know, um, giving giving community members a strong voice, you know, allowing them to be part of um, of uh, the development of activities or or a project, and uh, giving them the resources and allowing them to be, yeah. In, in much more involved so it's this bottom-up uh, approach as you mentioned you know I, I look at things from a medical perspective so so let me let me talk a little bit more about this issue of trust so I mean in in a lot of indigenous communities you've got you've got um, not enough uh, healthcare workers there so you end up with um with, uh, you know, Southern healthcare workers coming in on a short-term basis, you know, for a number of weeks, and then they'll leave, and somebody else will come in new. So so um, it, it's hard for these healthcare workers, if they're only there for a few weeks, to develop, you know, the, the understanding, you know, to learn any of the language, to, um, to gain trust of community members. So if there's not trust, again, there's the possibility of these delayed diagnoses. So, um, I the way I look at it, the community first approach is, is meant to, to build trust within the system, and if there's if there's a, a good level of trust there, then people will present earlier when they have um, uh, health s- s- symptoms. So when they're feeling sick, and within within the field of medicine, basically it's. Um, I mean, if you can make a diagnosis earlier, then then the outcome will, will probably be better. So uh, using TB as an example, again, if we diagnose the TB early, then um, a person can be cured from TB. They're less likely to transmit the tuberculosis, the germ, to other people. And um, uh, in addition... Um, what we're doing is is uh, allowing for better prevention as well. So if there's trust within the system, we, we can we can have better outcomes and and, and be much more successful at preventing um, um, sickness. So whether it's TB, whether it's um, anything from diabetes to you know having better mental health outcomes. So that's sort of how I look at it is 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 better building trust within the system.
0: Yeah, that, that certainly makes a lot of sense. And maybe just to build on that, when you speak of almost like a revolving door of different medical professionals coming through those communities, do you feel that there's um, enough maybe cultural training or what does that introduction look like for medical professionals that arrive?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's very different depending on on the um, on the healthcare system. But ideally, it would it would involve you know sitting with somebody first and uh, learning about the culture and learning a, a few words as well too in the local language, and and that would be a good starting point. You know, a lot of it is listening as well too. I mean, we, we tend to be. Be busy in inside a clinic, but um, to take a few extra minutes and and to listen to people tell their story, I think that that's also a, a good start. So, yeah, giving a person to um, the time they need at the beginning to explain their problem and, and do it in, in their their own um, uh, language, I, I think that's that would go a long way um, to, to improving the trust that we talked about.
1: Something I'd like to hear about is um, maybe if you could talk about um, some of the people you worked with in Nunavut, in Clyde River with Ila Saksevic. If you wanna talk about um, your experience um, working with them and maybe just fond memories of um, of the time that you spent uh, working alongside that community uh with the tv programming and the sea change i'd love to to hear about that Mm
2: -hmm. sure yeah so i've i've made a number of different uh, trips up to um to nunavut over the last couple of years so you know that's that's the best way to to get things done and if i had my way i would i would go up and and stay there for for a year or more and um that's you know I think the quickest way to to uh, move things forward and and the best way to support people there so um yeah I went for three weeks last summer and um um it was great we uh we um I got to know Sheila very well so Sheila uh, was part of uh, the sea change team until recently and um we talked a lot about tuberculosis. We talked a lot about the history of TB. Um, you know, we shared some uh, some uh, of the local foods and how uh, we talked about nutrition. And uh, she showed me her cabin. So she lives up in Clyde River, and um, they've got a beautiful stretch of beach along there. So you know, Clyde River, as most uh, communities in Nunavut, essentially they're they're seaside little uh, communities there. You know most of the year they might be covered in snow and ice but you get this period of several months where it's just absolutely beautiful in terms of the the beach and um, having the water there and um, yeah so people have got some some cottages where they spend uh, the few months of the the summer so I got to to see a couple of those cottages and um,
1: you brought your kids too didn't you your family yeah
2: yeah I dragged my kids up there so they um so Ili Saksovic is a fantastic uh, organization in terms of offering a, a number of different programs within the community. So one of them is um, is a program for, for young kids. So they get together and um, they play some games, some educational games, and they have some nutritious snacks. So both my kids participated in that and they, um, they learned some of the, the local... Um, uh, songs in Inuktitut and even after we got back home and back to southern Ontario they would sing the songs in Inuktitut so that was uh that was great.
1: And I'm wondering did you ever try seal meat? I, I've always been curious about that.
2: Well we had we had some nar narwhals so um yeah when I was there the hunters had um just caught uh, uh, a few uh, narwhals so they were being shared amongst the community so um, we tried that so that was different for sure so um, seaweed so some women had gone and and picked up some seaweed along the the shore there so we uh, we tried that that was uh, actually very good so yeah the the arctic char the fish is just fantastic there you can Get that fresh and uh, cook it up, so I mean these what they call country foods, which were would be the traditional foods there and re- really are you know nutritious and um and delicious as well too, so the more country food people can eat, the better so but um yeah, it was great to to get to know the people and um yeah to eat with them and talk with them and uh yeah learn about the culture so again, I wish I could spend a lot more time and, and hopefully the time will come where I am able to do that and um, yeah, help uh, move forward on on solving, you know, one of these, um, you know, health uh, crises, you know, whether it's tuberculosis or, or something else.
0: Wow, that sounds like a really enriching experience. I I hope that we get an opportunity like that too. Well,
2: I'm sure you will. Yeah. Unfortunately, just because of COVID, you know, it's not easy to to travel back and forth now between the South and the North. So, but you know, eventually there will come a time where, yeah, we could have um, a workshop in person there and, uh, yeah, get together and, uh, share.
1: That sounds amazing. Great. Well,
0: Peter, thank you so much.
2: Thank you to both of you for allowing me to, um, yeah, tell my story and, um, yeah, just, uh, Times are tough at the moment, you know, with um, with COVID. But um, that's that's life. There will there will always be challenges. But um, yeah, together and uh, using a bottom up approach, the, there are solutions. And um, you know, ten years from now, if we have another conversation, I hope that um, we've moved forward uh, quite well and quite far.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again, Peter. It was really nice uh, speaking to you and hearing about your story. And, uh, we look forward to seeing what's next for sea change and, uh, and your programs.
2: Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks again.
0: And that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and sharing this episode with a friend. You can also support the podcast by signing up to be a monthly contributor on our Patreon at patreon.com slash see the change you'll get access to early trailers for each new episode and some behind the scenes sneak peeks of future guests for more information about our guests and about sea change initiative you can check out the show description for all the links follow us on social media for the latest updates this has been a sea change initiative production written produced and edited by myself tanya ayala and music provided by charles the emperor thanks for listening until next time